Welcome to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I am William Ramada. This podcast is to help you remember that you have a purpose in life. This is to motivate, inspire, and guide you to a happy, fulfilled life. The world can be a noisy place, and we tend to lose focus on the purpose of our individual journeys. I use my various experiences, education, and other modalities to help you cancel out the noise and focus on your needs and desires in your journey. Good day and welcome to Guidepost to Crossroads. My name is William Romada and I am your host. Today we'll be starting off with another poem. It comes from the book, Awaken Into Knowing. It's a poem on spiritual poems and certain selections. And this one is called Lost Soul. I hope you find your way. This world can be cruel and deeply disturbing. This world can break you, tear your mind into two, and leave you ragged. This world can take your joy and turn it into pain. But there is another side. This world has a love that cannot be denied. To be found in every hill and every cloud. To be found in every gaze and every smile. A love that we all know, but strive to make our own. This world has so much polarity with a love that transcends time. Definitely some beautiful thoughts there. Um, We have so many places that we can go in life if we just think about it and follow our desires and our intuition. So don't be that lost soul. Walk forward, look forward. Don't look behind unless you're just looking for some remembrance of where not to be. Today I would like to talk about thought uh, for those who know me, I am a big proponent on thoughts are things. Everything comes from a thought at first, and I mean everything from the things that you like and desire to the things that come into your life that you do not desire, the things that we would call bad. You know, we bring them all to us, and just say that you didn't bring it to you, the the bad things or however you want to look at it. How you react to it is pure thought. Every creation is a thought. You know, just think about that. You have to think about something in order to speak it, in order to do it. Uh, you just do not think about something and then bam, there it is. You bring it in to your spoken voice, which could be another good long podcast. So this may not be an hour long today, probably maybe 30 minutes, but I just wanted to put the idea of thought out there and maybe give you a different aspect on how to to look at things. You know, many great teachers, they have recognized that your thoughts ultimately determine your destiny. 
I like to read Lao Tzu, and he uh, summarizes this insight nicely. Lao Tzu said, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Uh, there's no better way that I could ever have come up with anything to say that is equivalent to that. I I heard this like many, many moons ago, and uh, I had no idea that the person who told me this, I had no idea that it was Lao Tzu at the time. Um, I just thought it was just something he knew, but obviously it was something that you know, he, he's probably read, <laughs> but I mean, just think about those words right there and, you know, how true is it? Your thoughts eventually will become your destiny. So it is important to note that Lao Tzu uses the word watch and not control. You know, many people assume that you can control your thoughts so they, they focus slowly on the effect of thought and they abide by, you know, some famous quotes like Buddha who says, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. In a way, yes, but we will look at another aspect of this. And then Marcus Aurelius says, our life is what our thought makes it. Yes. Yes, so true. But all these observations, even though they're true, but if we don't know the actual source of life that is even prior to the thought, then we will get into an endless confusion. Most self-important, self-improvement, <laughs> sorry, Teachings stop at the level of thought, just thought. And many books become very successful in teaching the power of thought. Now, I know you've heard of many of them. Uh, ones such as uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, uh, Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret. Now, there are awesome books, and these teachings become more simplified over the years, and we have found their expressions through a new age movement toward, toward, I'd say, the late 20th century that centralized on the concept of another one you probably heard of, the law of attraction. And this was popularized by the movie The Secret. Um, I think I looked it up, and it was 2006. You know, some New Age teachers go so far as to treat your mind almost like a genie's lamp. You know, they say that if you could think about what you want with enough correctness, right? The key word is correctness. Then they will be manifested in your life without explanation as it is a law of the universe. 
Now, yes, your thoughts become things, as claimed by Mike Dooley. And the problem with people is that there are, they are mostly thinking about what they don't want rather than what they do want. So they continuously attract unwanted circumstances in their lives. The concept of the law of attraction is true to a certain degree. You know, because we can observe that successful people do tend to have beliefs that assert their capabilities and life possibilities. You know, and in contrast, people who are underachieving in life tend to have beliefs that are limiting, right? They limit themselves. I mean, come on, we've, we've all done that. You know, like, that's not for me. I can't do that. Well, I'm, I don't know. I can never do something like that, right? We've all had these kind of thoughts. But, you know, we can get through those. You know, we do not want to have limited beliefs. And then there is a more scientific explanation for the law of attraction. And that is, if all things are fundamentally vibrations of energy, you know, Einstein tells us that, then thoughts and feelings are the same energy vibrating in a certain range of frequencies, which is true. So your thinking and feeling patterns, they will emit a frequency that will attract life circumstances in tune with that frequency. But, however, <laughs> the, the teachings of the Law of Attraction were ultimately unsuccessful because they were taught in various forms for centuries, from Hermeticism to quantum mysticism. But human beings' general state has not changed as much. So the wealth gap is getting wider and wider. Poverty still exists on a global scale, right? And most people still live very unhappy lives. So if there's so many people doing the law of attraction, why do we have this gap? Why is this wealth gap getting wider and wider? Well, there are reasons beyond that behind that. See, the problem with the law of attraction teaching is that it assumes thought to be the source of existence. And so thought can override everything. But as I said at the beginning, thought is not to be controlled. Another author, Rhonda Byron, wrote in The Secret, Thoughts are primary cause of everything, and the rest is effects from those thoughts. Huh. So she comes to that conclusion, like, food cannot cause you to put on weight unless you think it can. Now, how absurd can that be, right? So suppose everything in the universe can be simply gotten 
by merely thinking about it. Wouldn't we all be millionaires and like the happiest people in the world? I mean, think about that. So why doesn't everybody just listen to subliminal affirmations like 24-7 until we all become billionaires, right? That until we all have the bodies that we want, the looks that we want, or whatever it is, the beautiful car that we want. Are we just robots? You know, robots that can be easily programmed by thoughts? How can we be sure that negative influences do not at all program us? Do you think for one minute that billionaires just think about money all day or believe that they are billionaires because before they became one? If two teams want the exact same thing, say like a championship trophy, is the team that thinks about it or believes in it more than the other one, the one that is going to get it? No, I would say not. People who become truly successful rarely thought about the goal at all because all their energy was so absorbed in the process that they couldn't waste any time of it on anything else. Those people were only interested in what they were doing moment by moment. They were not concerned about the end result, like the money, the achievement, or recognition. Many of them were even surprised at how successful that they had become. Sure, they thought about these things. I'm quite sure, you know, you know, at the beginning, you know, this is what I want and why. But it's not just the thought that propelled them to be where they are today. You know, it wouldn't take much rational examination to see the numerous inconsistency of the law of attraction. I'm not saying that there's no good ideas in the law of attraction. But still, we don't want to face all those inconsistencies. We want to believe in the law so that we can have a sure and easy way of getting what we want. Otherwise, we are left with only our meaningless lives. We are only concerned with how to get the law to work. We have practiced and practiced and practiced all sorts of methods like visualizations and affirmations. And sometimes we got what we want, while other times we didn't. Just like always, why doesn't it work all the time? You know, I I hear about vision boards a lot, you know, and it's a good idea, don't get me wrong, because it's good to put what you want out there so you can see it. It's like a visual goal. It's like whenever I tell a client, write down your goals, there's a reason for it. It's not 
just to write them down is because when you write it down, it does. It implants it in your mind so you can think about it. But also you could put the tiny goals under the main goal and so you could tick them off. Because every time you tick off a little goal, it gives you a sense of accomplishment and you're like, yes, I can do this. So it's more than thought. You have a thought, you have emotion, and then you have the action, sort of like what Lao Tzu would say, right? But some of these New Age teachers will always answer something with a line like, to really manifest something, you must believe already having it without the slightest doubt. Have no conflicting thoughts. Have no sense of selflessness. I don't know how many people are like that that are not narcissists. <laughs> and many narcissists, I'm quite sure, are not famous. So, of course, there are some grains of truth to it here and there. But how exactly do we have no conflicting thoughts? I don't know about you folks, but I don't go through a day without conflicting thoughts sometimes. And I have to observe those thoughts and say, well, is that the route that I want to go? So to practice any kind of law of attraction is admitting that we lack something, of course. So why practice anything at all? And how can our desires not come from selfishness? I mean, I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for everybody else, right? Ultimately, it's for me. Yeah, I might I might provide a career and want a career for me, and I might want it to take care of my family or maybe my desire is to help people, but ultimately it comes down to me cuz I have to make money to survive. So there is a sense of self selfishness. When we want something, even if it's to be more selfless, is our desire not centered on ourselves? Something to think about there, isn't it? The New Age teachers will provide explanations after explanations for all these inconsistencies. Eventually, they will reiterate the same point it's called circular uh what was it i forgot Cir circular reasoning that's it so if something did or didn't happen it is always your creation your creation of what you're thinking whether you know it or not so you must be subconsciously thinking about what you don't want and I do agree to some of that. And we can never crack their logic because thought, like anything else in the universe, is a phenomenon that cannot be known through conceptual thinking. You need thought to explain thought. And it is caught in this recursive loop. people who study this stuff are part of that phenomena that are being studied, right? Think about it. So we can never have absolute certainty 
on exactly how anything works, including, of course, thought. And then some of these teachers recognize the limitations in their teachings. So they will take and teach just partial truths and cater to our desire to get us to want to buy their products, their books, their tapes, their videos, whatever it is. So why is it that almost all law of attraction teachings only talk about attracting typical human desires like health, wealth, and relationships? If thought is so powerful, then why do we not use it to manifest supernatural things like a new universal law or maybe a new universe? One that is more fitting to our desires, right? Or how about things that even we ourselves cannot comprehend? Is it possible? Have we seen people do these things? I don't know. Given given the wild imaginations that the billions of us have in this world, if anyone could have manifested things like this, then the world would be in complete disarray. As maybe one day we may have gravity, then the next day... Eh, maybe not. <laughs> it's gone because somebody manifested or demanifested gravity. And, and by no way would I be denying supernatural things because I definitely believe in supernatural things. But I really want to do is clarify what is really reasonable for the workings of the universe. So I want you to take a th- take a moment and think about thought. How thought is a process that is governed by universal laws. So thought cannot govern what governs it, right? So thought cannot override, say, our creator, right? So if we wanted to be a super genius like Albert Einstein, can we just thank our way into becoming a genius? Eh, actual geniuses don't even know how their minds work. Think about that. I mean, nobody today knows exactly how the mind works. Where do the thoughts hide <laughs> when they go into that goo of your brain? Uh, where, what about when you die? Where do your thoughts go? Where do your memories go? Why can't you take an MRI, look in the brain, and see certain memories? There's so many things that we don't know, so why don't we just manifest to know these things? You know, if it can be, then there would be no such thing as geniuses because everyone would just be trained to be one. What a boring world. (laughs) We'd all be the same. Geniuses, billionaires, what would we do? (laughs) Oh, crazy. 
there would be no need to distinguish geniuses from non-geniuses, right? Hey, you. Hey, genius. Hi, I'm genius. <laughs> oh, boy. If we observe some of these New Age teachers themselves, or maybe some other self-enlightened people who we think have perfect thoughts all the time, we can see that they still age. They can still contract diseases and die just like the rest of us. You know, it's not easy that many of us can just evade things like cancer or the flu. or That's a big disparity there, right? Cancer to flu. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it affects all of us. I do believe that the higher our energy is, the less chances we are to get these things, such as sicknesses, cancers, and flus, and colds. The way we eat, I think, affects all that, too. So it's not just our thoughts. It would be great if it was, and we could just say, think all day, I'm healthy, I'm strong, you know, and never get sick. No, I do. I do do that a lot. I won't lie. And I am pretty healthy. It's not often I get sick. I had one hell of a headache last night. Went to bed early. You know, maybe I was thinking negative thoughts. <laughs> I don't know, but it hurt. I went to sleep. Tried to for a while. So that's the way thoughts are. We're all susceptible to them. We're all susceptible to everything. So why don't we just manifest not being there? Because, frankly, thoughts cannot deny the process of life, right? So we must recognize the inherent limitations of our thought, right? Our thoughts are only derived from our memories. So thought cannot manufacture anything new. Wrap that around your head, right? You have to know about something, to think about something, to manufacture something, to manifest something. So how are you going to manifest anything new? There has to be something that you know, a past memory, something that gives you that desire, right? Because you cannot desire something that is outside the realm of your experience. You know, if I never tasted wine, then I could only desire the descriptions of wine that other people have told me. Or to, 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 to desire tasting a new fruit. But I, I cannot desire the actual experience of tasting a new fruit because I don't know what it is. Descriptions can never substitute the actual, you know, my mentor and coach taught me this one. I mean, you know, about the fruit. How can you describe what a fruit tastes like if you never tasted it? How do you describe it to somebody else so they know what it tastes like if you never tasted it and they never tasted it? So how can your thought attract experiences from which the thought itself doesn't even know? Interesting, isn't it? You know, how do you come up with these things? 
got to be quite creative, of course, which many people in the world are. That's why there's so many books out there, and that's why I have so many of them. Jeez. So we must recognize that there is something beyond thought. Right? Something way beyond thought. Prior to thought. And more intelligent than thought. That is actually responsible for the workings of the universe. You know, I didn't think this universe into being. At least I don't think I did. Maybe in a past life I did. I don't know. That would have been, boo. I don't know if I'm billions of years old. But this is why many people report breakthroughs and epiphanies. When they're in the stent of mental quietude, right? When we're in me- when we're meditating, when we're just sitting quietly thinking. If you look around out around and look out at the universe, the earth, you'll see the trees, the insects. You can see how they effortlessly know how to survive. And yet from as far as I know I don't think there's any scientific proof that they don't have the capacity to think or not. I'm not sure, but they do in life pretty well. So when it all comes down to it, all teachings, the law of attractions, I think they essentially boil down to this. Think about whatever you want. As long as you feel happy now, yeah, as long as you feel happy now, always, and that's it. Does that make sense? (laughs) And whatever circumstance that is best for you at any moment will happen. For such a seemingly simple task, what we end up getting is centuries after centuries of books, lectures, different explanations, different methods. And yet most people still can't do it. Right? I mean, I think sometimes I'm successful, sometimes I'm not. I definitely have a have a lot of thoughts. So The essential problem of all self-improvement teachings on the level of thought is this, that we do not know how to actually think. (laughs) And that brings up critical thinking, a lack that I believe we have in this world today. But that's definitely another subject that we could probably talk about for an hour and plus. Boy, oh boy. I have a critical thinking book from college, and uh, I just think it should be standard issue in high school or before, maybe middle school, get them started. If you could only learn so much on a three-minute TikTok (laughs) and not critically think about it, but yeah, it's all true. If it's on Facebook, it's true. So most of us think that we are thinking our thoughts and can generate whatever thought we want all the time. I think if you can think of a simple experiment can 
easily disapprove this. Uh, see if you cannot think of a single thought for the next 10 minutes. I'd sit here and pause and wait for 10 minutes, but it probably took you about two seconds before you started thinking again. So I ask you, did you work? And I could hear you shaking your head, no. <laughs> I suspect most of you could not do it. You'd be lucky probably to go 30 seconds. I mean, even the best meditators in the world probably can't go 30 seconds. I mean, to sit there. And, you know, so I tell people, you don't meditate to go quiet and not think. If a thought comes to your mind, observe it. Say thank you and let it go if it's not what you want to observe. So anyway, relating back to that, I start to ramble. Now start paying close attention to your thinking process. How exactly do you, how do you make a thought appear? Do you do something to generate them? Or do they just simply appear on their own? You know, like I was saying earlier about the brain. You know, the brain's just another organ in the body, like your hearts, your lungs, your stomach, any other organ in your body. It, it functions automatically, right? So what makes you think the brain is any different than from your heart that works automatically, your lungs? You don't have to tell your heart to work, your lungs to work, your stomach to work. It just works. What makes you think the brain is the controller? We don't control our thoughts. We watch. We observe. We can act on them. Alan Watts. I love this guy. Out of your mind, he wrote, In your body, there's no boss. You can argue that the brain is a gadget evolved from the, evolved by the stomach for the purpose of acquiring food. Or you could argue that the stomach is a device evolved by the brain to feed it and keep it alive. Whose game is it? The brains or the stomachs? I know this. I watch some of the YouTube. I mean, ancient YouTubes, it seems like. And uh, Alan Watts, he's like the top of my list when it comes to stuff like this. So he talks about the vibrations and thoughts and your mind. And he's probably one of the best out there. You know, he's not trying to sell you anything. Well, not anymore if he is. But take a, take a thought about that quote. You know, how true is that? About your thoughts, your stomach. What what was the first thing to happen? Your stomach create the mind or your mind create the stomach? There is no boss in your body. It is all one thing. So thoughts are things. Yes, I do believe that everything comes through our thoughts but there is a higher source to those thoughts you know we have creator source universe however 
you call your God or goddess or whatever you think in your mind, <laughs> it all is created somewhere, from somewhere, from something, from someone to get you to where you are today. But it takes more just to thinking something in. It takes more to think in a manifestation. Just think about everything that you think about, how it makes you feel, right? You think about something you desire a lot. You can feel it in your chest, your heart. You can feel it you know, emotionally. And when you feel something like that emotionally, you have a higher tendency of working towards that goal and creating that thing. And yes, we send out our vibrations to the universe, to God, to Creator. And I believe at times he'll, he, she, it, spirit will send things your way to help you out. Uh, guides, people, opportunities. Because when we're thinking about these things and we desire these things, we have a tendency of seeing the opportunities more than if we have a defeatist attitude towards it. Because like I was saying earlier, you could manifest the good things and if you desire to concentrate on the bad things, you're going to bring those into your life too. And you don't always have to speak things to make the bad things come your way. So you you can say, well, how do I manifest the bad things by thinking about it? Well, just like the good things. Think about it. You don't have to speak a word sometimes. But if you're thinking something angry or sad, it comes through your face. It comes through your body. It comes through the way you act. And those are the kinds of things that will be attracted to you. If you have a crappy attitude and you're not even saying anything, you walk into a room and people walk away from you because they're happy and they don't want to ruin their day, think about that. And then why do other people, like, say you complain about something, you'll attract other complainers real quick, won't you? Try that in a work setting. You complain about one thing about your boss, next thing you know, three other people are standing right there with you. And it's like that with good things, too. I mean, you can be the happiest person in a room, and next thing you know, you have a whole group of people laughing with you. You know, some people just walk around happy all the time. You're attracted to them, right? Because you want to be happy. So I'm not saying these supernatural things don't happen, but I'm just saying it's not as simple as a lot of these authors and lecturers out there say they are. It takes work. It takes emotion. It takes thought. It takes creativity. It takes a lot. So when you're thinking about things like the law of attraction, 
it's more than just thinking. There's a higher source, and it has to work through you, through your mind, your thoughts, through your emotions, through your actions, through your character, and it becomes a habit, a habit of doing things to put yourself in position to make things work. Boy, if I could just sit here and think about podcasting and how I want to be rich and how I want a thousand clients every year or something like that, just sit here and think about it and it happen, that would be awesome. But it takes work. It takes desire to to create these things. So that's that's what I just want to talk about today was thoughts. And uh, I hope you got something out of it. And uh, I mean, if you ever want to converse about this, you can always email me at William at MasteringLifesJourney.com and give me some comments on the podcast. However you wanted to do it. Uh, because this is a conversation that could take forever. I didn't think I was going to last 30 minutes, and here we are almost 40, so or over 40. So what I have coming up soon is I have an interview with a local uh, place called Culture, the Vegan Joint. Uh, the owner, I'll be interviewing her soon, and they do a lot of community service and outreach to local businesses and artists. And I really want to talk to her and see why vegan and why all the outreach and and how's it working, you know, because I like to focus on the good things like that. You know, we are a community. We are one. We are unity, right? A soul group working together. And then I'm also, a week later from that, I'm going to be interviewing... Uh, friend, Rose, an intuitive guide, uh, and she's just an awesome person, such a big heart, loving person, loves to help people. She's from Peru, so that'll be coming up soon, too. And we'll keep keep working on trying to get some good guests out in here, and I'll be uh, doing my own shows with just me speaking to you on occasions as well. All right, so I just want to bid you to have a great day, you know, in your thoughts, in your mind, and create that day because it is a better life. <laughs>